Good morning. So uh, when I was growing up, I would always go to one Cubs game every summer, and uh, it was always my favorite, favorite thing to do, big shocker, right? So my family would go. It was always my favorite day of the year, no matter if they were horrible like they used to be or good like they are now. Didn't matter. It was my favorite thing. And uh, Wrigley Field is still a very magical place to me. Uh, for those who don't know this, the address of Wrigley Field is on West Addison Street. You put that together before? Daughter named Addison. It's because Wrigley Field is my favorite place to be on planet Earth. Uh, one thing that my mom used to do, uh, she wanted to see my facial expression when I would walk into the park. So we would go give them our tickets, um, walk in the gates, but she insisted on being the first one up the steps because she wanted to see my face light up. So I'd walk up the steps, look around, and just take it all in. It's like, is this heaven on earth? I think so. Just kind of look around and just be amazed by it. I want that kind of wonder and amazement in my relationship with God. I want to be mesmerized by him. I want my time with God to be my favorite thing, something I always look forward to. And, you know, to this day, I still get those feelings, you know, when I walk into Wrigley. I never want to lose that sense of wonder with God either. For you, it could be something entirely different. More than likely, it is uh, something different than a baseball stadium. But think about that today. What in your life gives you that sense of excitement and wonder still to this day? Maybe think back to your childhood or think about kids when their faces light up when they go to a new place or see something that they love. Addison loves to look up at the moon at night, and, and even if it's cloudy, she's trying to find it. She'll say, where's the moon? When she finds it, you know, you can just see the, the amazement in her eyes. Think about when a kid goes to Disney World or when you go on vacation, when somebody sees the ocean for the first time, when somebody sees mountains or the stars or the sunset. Think about the things that make you feel the most alive and give you the greatest sense of wonder and awe. And now ask yourself that question, do I get that way in my faith? Do I get that way with my creator? We've been doing this series through the book of Romans, and I love the first, in the first chapter in Romans. Um, an amazing couple of verses here from Romans 1, it says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that all men are without excuse. Then it says this, if you skip ahead to verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is praised forever. Amen. So Paul's saying we can, we can see God all around us. There's so many amazing things around us that are proof of him and his creation. He's also saying that there's a group of people that have started to worship created things rather than the one who created them. And that's something, a category we don't want to fall into. So when you do anything that you enjoy, maybe going to a concert or going to a sporting event, going on vacation, um, even enjoying a food you like or the smaller joys of life, let those things bring you into worship of your creator and not the created thing itself. How about God's word itself? We need to live in awe of this collection of God-breathed writings. Sometimes we treat it like a school textbook. 
Sometimes we barely open it. Sometimes we just rely on other people and what they have to say about it. It's supposed to be our source of life. This is the very word of God we're talking about. The one who created you and everything that you see has given his word to us. It's alive. It's living. And when we read it, or even when someone reads it to us, it should bring us into a great sense of awe and wonder. You know, in some places in the world, they only have, especially uh, throughout history, there's a lot of places that only have one Bible, maybe for a whole church. And so those people with such limited access to Scripture, many Christians in many places really do treat God's Word with the reverence and awe that it deserves. But even though we have access to it 24-7 at our fingertips, we still need to stop, reflect, and realize what it is we're actually reading, the very words of God in the palm of our hands. Speaking of concerts, uh, going to concerts is one of my favorite things to do. Um, I really feel the, uh, the sense of wonder um, with God when I'm experiencing live music, the communal experience of the, uh, the crowd and the artist. And I'll tell you one thing that drives me absolutely nuts is when I go to a concert, somebody gets their phone out and they record the entire thing. Now, don't get me wrong, I record, I'll, I'll usually record like a couple snippets um, but what I try to do when I do that is I will get my phone out, I'll get the shot, and then I still look above my phone, make sure I'm still present, make sure I'm still enjoying the concert. I was at a concert, I think, last year. There was a lady who got her phone out, kid you not, press record from the beginning to the end, and she was looking in the phone the entire time. And I was like, lady, you're missing a great show up here. And I, I was also, I just want to tell her, like, you know you can go to YouTube and look up horrible versions of you know, live shows that someone else has recorded. You could have, you know, experienced it live. But the thing is, our society today is so obsessed with capturing things so that they can see it later or, oh, I got to post this. I got to make sure everyone knows I was here, look cool for a day. I was at this concert. And it, it's almost like we're getting worse at living in the moment. I want to live in the moment. I want to be present. And I know that if I can do that more in my life, that's going to translate into my relationship with God. I want even the little joys of life to bring me into worship of my creator. Some of you may know the name uh, Brennan Manning. No relation to Peyton, I don't think. Brennan Manning wrote a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel. And in that book, he shares how there was a rabbi who was dying. A rabbi was uh, basically on his deathbed and somebody asked the rabbi, what is the greatest thing you think God gave you in your life? So he, he was older. He'd been through a lot in his life. He could have said anything. He said, he gave me a sense of wonder. He said, never once in my life did I ask for success or power or fame. I asked for wonder, and he gave it to me. What a great example to follow. You know, as a father now, as a youth pastor, as a coach, as a human I want to be present. I want to live in the moment, be amazed at everything God has put in front of me. I'm not a morning person. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you are. I'll tell you something that helps. Two things that help if you're not a morning person. Coffee, number one. Number two, scripture that says God's mercies are new every morning. Drink some coffee. Reflect on that verse. It's going to help you get ready for the day. I'm also reminded that God said these words. He said them to Moses. He said them to Joshua. He said them in multiple places in Scripture. This is also the reason I don't have shoes on right now. <laughs> he said, take off your sandals 
for the place you are standing is holy ground. Now, I don't know what places for you feel the most like holy ground. I mentioned Wrigley Field as one of my examples. Um, I, I've also been on several vacations and mission trips that have given me those thoughts and feelings. When I was in college, I got to go to Maui for a mission trip. Probably thinking, oh, really roughing it there, going to Hawaii. But they do have a, a very large homeless popula population, and is, we work with a, a organization called Feed My Sheep. Um, we also helped clear out a jungle um, so that a lady could put on Christian retreats for kids in that area. So we did a lot of work, and we also got to experience Maui. One of my friend's uncles lived there, set up the projects for us, and then also was basically our tour guide, showed us around, and just an unbelievable experience. And those mountaintop kind of experiences are needed from time to time in our lives. With the youth group here, we went to New Orleans, I think it was three or four years ago, helped with hurricane relief. Um, last year, we got to go to New, New England area, and we got to see three or four different states, what God was doing there. Um, it's just great to see his creation in, in different places to kind of be a refresher. Uh, Caitlin and I, we, uh, we visit a new city every year. So since we've been married, we've uh, gone to Nashville, Boston, and Philadelphia. And it's just, again, amazing, a refresher to go experience God's beauty and what God is doing in other parts of the world. But I remember having some thoughts when I would get back from some of those trips. I remember specifically one of the trips. I got back, we were home, and I looked up and I just saw a, a beautiful sunset right here in Montgomery County. And I remember thinking, you know what? This is holy ground too. It's hard to beat the, the Midwestern summer night sky, but you know, sometimes we think that holy ground is just, you know, in Israel. Um, it's just in Hawaii. It's just when you see the ocean or out in nature. And again, those places are very good for us. Those places can help bring us closer to God and, and help us in our prayer life. But the ground we're standing on right now is holy too. There's a reason Jesus would go out in nature all the time. He'd go to pray. He'd go to get his mind right. He'd go to enjoy his time with God right before his ministry began. Forty days he spent in the wilderness. Think about that fact that if he needed, if he felt like he needed those moments, even as the son of God, pretty sure we need those moments as well. But it's not just about the times we get away from everything. What about the day-to-day -day moments too? Easier to be in wonder of him when you're on vacation. What about your everyday routine? What about when you're in the school cafeteria? What about when you're at practice? What about when you're at work, stuck in traffic? What will it take for us to have that sense of wonder even in the routine moments? So I want to encourage you from time to time in your life, take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. Sometimes we feel like God is distant or silent or not there at all. Truth is, he is always with us. He's never the one who is lost. We are. Think about if you were to lose something, if you lose your car keys, your jacket, or your wallet. Usually the item isn't lost. Usually it's right where we put it. We're just kind of forgetful of where we put it. Now, when God feels distant in our lives, could it be the same thing? Could it be that he's not distant? Could it be that we are not aware of his presence? This past week, I was at Hanging Rock, and it was an awesome uh, week, junior high camp. Um, got a chance to speak to the kids every night, and I told the kids on the last day that, you know, it's a lot easier to be aware of God's presence when you're in this environment. 
um, singing songs twice a day, hearing about Jesus. You're around a hundred other Christians. You're, you know, your mind is cut off from the outside world and you're just really focused. What about when you go home? Because I can promise you that the same God that you feel here is the same God that's going to be with you when you go home. Sometimes we even say those words, you know, God really showed up at that retreat. God was really there at that service. The truth is, God did not show up any more than normal. We were just more aware of his presence in that place. May we be aware of his presence every day. Instead of even saying or praying, you know, God be with us, I've tried to change that prayer into God help us be aware of your presence in this moment. A guy by the name of A.W. Tozer has some amazing writings and some amazing quotes about this. Most of these are from his book, The Pursuit of God, but look what he had to say. He said, it is exactly as near to God from any place as it is from any other place. That's hard to get sometimes because, again, I, you know, if you feel close to God in a place, by all means, go there often. But we also have to have that understanding he is exactly as near ever <laughs> where I am. He also said, a man is not nearer to Christ on Easter Sunday than he is any other day. As long as Christ sits on the throne, every day is a good day and all days are days of salvation. He also said this, private prayer, Bible meditation, church attendance, service, all should be engaged by every Christian, but at the bottom of all these things, giving meaning to them will be the inward habit of beholding God. Think about the early church in the book of Acts. All these amazing things they were doing, they did not do them just because they heard a great sermon series. Read through the book of Acts sometimes and you will see the first Christians were all just very aware of God's presence wherever they went. They knew he was at work in all things, both good and bad things that were going on, unexpected things. They knew God was at work. They were aware. They also knew that because of what Jesus had just done, God was no longer confined to a building, was no longer confined to a certain place, he was now everywhere at work in all things, and they marveled at that. I never want to have a reaction like Jacob did in Genesis 28. It says that when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Another quote from A.W. Tozer when he said, men do not know God is here. What a difference it would make if they knew. Scripture also says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. When the Bible talks about fearing the Lord, I don't believe it's talking about being afraid of God. As I've learned over the years, fearing the Lord means being in awe, being in reverence of him. So when you think of that verse, you could actually think to yourself, being in awe of God is the beginning of all wisdom. Thing is, too, when we live our lives in awe of him, it changes our perspective on everything else. Another thing that kind of upsets me is when people try to pin science against faith. Uh, when people say, you know, the Bible versus science, or some people even say, I don't even, I don't believe in God because I believe in science. And I believe that how Christians have treated the topic of science is one of the reasons why people have made it into some sort of competition. But the truth is, Christians can sometimes come across as ignorant or closed-minded when it comes to things like science, when in reality, Christians should be the most curious people on the planet. We should look at new discoveries in science and say, oh, that's what God did here. 
and have that mindset instead of being totally closed off. I love hearing about science. I love when, you know, even if somebody claims something that I disagree with, I know I can still approach that situation and learn something from it and be even more in awe of God as I learn. Here's a quote from Ravi Zacharias. He says that our sense of wonder is a blessing from God given so that we would continually amaze at his beauty and creation. Christians should be the biggest dreamers on the planet. We should be the ones asking the most questions, not the ones acting like we know everything. We should want to go after truth and make new discoveries. I want to discover new things about God and his creation on a daily basis. I want to say the words how and wow all the time. And you know, a lot of unbelievers, they think what the Christians, all they can really respond with is the Bible says this, the Bible says that. Make no mistake about it, the Bible is where we find total truth. It is the source of our lives. It is how we view everything else through that lens of Scripture. But how did God speak to the people in Scripture? Not just with Scripture. He spoke to those people in multiple ways. So if we were to ever say God only speaks through Scripture, it's simply not true. That can be the main way that he speaks, but he also speaks through nature, through other people, he speaks in our pain, speaks through our dreams, our desires, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So let our lives be filled with awe and wonder of the very God who made us and everything that we see. Another great verse from the book of Romans is uh, Romans 13, 11. Great verse for our Come Alive series. It says, do this, understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. So it's time for us to wake up. It's time for us to look around and look up. Another great quote to live by, I'm full of good quotes, Mary Oliver. She one time said, pay attention, be astonished, tell someone about it. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. I mentioned this in a previous uh, a sermon, but the Bible doesn't really even know the word tomorrow. Only time it talks about tomorrow is when Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Or it says in James, don't boast about tomorrow. Everything is about this idea of present, today. What am I doing today? Am I following him today? And Martin Luther once said, I've got two days in my calendar, this day and that day. The day he returns. Two days I'm really worried about. Now, when Jesus comes back. And the truth is, if we live this way, it's only going to help us as we, in our pursuit of praying for one, our pursuit of discipleship, pursuit of sharing our faith with other people. When I'm grateful for now, I'm grateful for today, and when, I, when I'm aware that God is in this place, no matter where I am, that is going to help me with that awareness as I try to reach other people. So I want to look at God the same way my 10-year-old self looked walking into Wrigley Field. I want to be a dreamer. I want to ask questions. I want to live every day of gratitude, being aware of his presence. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he rose from the dead, I can now have an entirely new perspective on everything around me, my life, my future, my destiny, being present, being in awe. In a few minutes, we're going to sing a song, and we're going to offer an invitation, as we do every Sunday. We want to encourage you in this moment to really 
stop and reflect about what, it, what God is calling you to do, not just today, but for the future. The invitation of Jesus is always available to you if you want to make him the Lord of your life. We'll have some elders in the back if you need prayer or really just need somebody to talk to. They will be back there and available for you. Mike will be down front. If you want to give your life to Christ, make a decision, uh, place your membership here, he'd love to talk to you. I'm reminded this morning that worship does not just mean singing. Worship basically means to give worth. So as we sing this next song, let's give worth to God when we sing it. But let's not let our worship end just because the music stops on Sunday morning. Pay attention, be astonished, tell someone about it. Let's pray. God, thank you for this amazing opportunity to worship you. Thank you for these moments that we share together. And God, as I pray each week that we don't let our worship stop just when the music does. Help us to see you in all things. In every detail of life, help us to see that your hand is in it, you are at work. Help us to see the good in people, the good in situations, even when we don't have all the answers. May we live in awe and wonder of you and everything you've done for us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.